This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Health Wednesday. We move now into the very interesting um, and important discussion around dementia. Dementia is not a single disease. It's an overall term used to describe a collection of symptoms that one may experience if they're living with a variety of diseases like Alzheimer's disease. Diseases grouped under the general term dementia are caused by abnormal brain changes. Now, this came into the zeitgeist because of talk show host Wendy Williams. And it has emerged from her family and from a gut-wrenching documentary that Wendy Williams is suffering from dementia. I'm going to play you a video now where Wendy Williams, who is uh, known for being a radio and television personality, who talks about celebrities. So she talks about the Oscars, the Grammys, the fashion, the you know scandals that happen in celebrities' lives. Um, and this video will illustrate to you how Wendy Williams doesn't even know what the Oscars are anymore. I'll share this video. It is gut-wrenching when you see a person who is so in her power, standing on that stage, talking, um, very, very connected to the subject matter, and how her assistant talks to her now about attending the Oscars. You'll hear what she has to say. Would you want to go to the Oscars? Oscars? Yeah. This weekend? What's Oscars? Well, the award show. Would you want to go to an award show and, and, and walk the red carpet? Yeah. Oh, you would? Okay. Hmm. Okay. I want to wear this. Hmm. No, you wouldn't be able to wear that, though. You would have to be, like, glammed up in, like, um, like in, in a dress. Like, after evening wear. Who would have to probably go shopping? Because I don't think you packed anything like that. Hmm. I don't know what you packed. No. No. Okay. I just don't understand how anybody could look at her and think that the Wendy that everybody's known matches what we've been saying. Yeah, and when she says, can I go just wearing this? She's just wearing a normal T-shirt and jeans. She's just dressed, you know, in a way that you wouldn't go to the Oscars. But for Wendy Williams, like if you understand this person who is a, 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 the, the, the real pinnacle of celebrity talk, not even knowing what the Oscars are, it, it's really quite sad. And so what this has done is that pop culture has now opened up a conversation around what dementia is, um, around what our feelings are when we're faced with someone who we loved so much, being a shadow of themselves, and I think a broader conversation about understanding this as a mental health issue. So we've been joined in studio by Nsamu Munga, who is a uh, often-time contributor to our show. Nsamu is a therapist, researcher, and communicator, and he's also worked with people living with dementia. Nsamu, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Fabi. 
We're also joined on the line by Dr. Karen Stewart-Rome, who is a music therapist. In 2013, she opened her own practice in the field of aged care, dementia care, and also children with special needs. Her research focused on exploring music therapy, informed singing training for formal caregivers working with people living with dementia, and how it might support the delivery of person-centered care. Dr. Stewart-Rome, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So let's talk first and foremost about what dementia actually is and possibly what those early signs and symptoms may look like. Doctor? So I think, as you mentioned in the intro, this is such an important conversation to have because in terms of South Africa and what we know about dementia here, it's not very well known. So thank you so much for for opening up the airways to talk about this. Um, as you mentioned, it is it's a general term for quite a quite a few symptoms that impact the cognitive functioning of someone. So this is things like their memory, their language skills, um, their judgment, for example, of what to wear or not to wear to a specific event. Um, and it can really start impacting and interfering with their daily kind of lives, mm. like understanding or remembering how to brush your teeth or who the person is standing in front of you or the names of your own children. So um, the biggest issues with with dementia in terms of um, symptoms would be around memory, language, and then intellect or cognition. Mm -hmm. It's a neurological issue, um, and and there is no cure for it at the moment. Uh, And unfortunately, there are so many people worldwide who have this diagnosis at the moment. Um, so it is a really, really big, I mean, the World Health Organization says it's a, it's a pandemic at the moment, you wow. know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a big health issue. Um, and some early signs and symptoms? So, as already mentioned, uh, a lot of the early signs include memory loss mm. or memory lapses. Maybe that's a better way to put it uh, as opposed mm. to loss, because loss comes usually at a later stage when, when, when the yeah. dementia has, has developed. So memory lapses, and and there, are, just to mention, uh, like uh, uh, Karen mentioned, so it's a degenerative disease, and because it is a degenerative disease, it's it tends to occur in people in advanced ages, right? But there are also mm-hmm. onset, early onset of dementia, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes people in the ages of of forty. 50, 60 can have early onset dementia. And usually the, the some of the early signs include those memory lapses, mm-hmm. that you're just standing in the line and, and for a moment you don't know where you are. Right? And also because it's a degenerative disease, sometimes depending on the specific type of dementia, it can affect the, the muscle functioning or the body functioning. You know, people can can have loss of control of, of of their bodily functions. You know, incontinence can kick in. So that there are different ways because people will have this neurological collapse, mm. right, over a period mm. of time. And some a lot of times they may not be in pain, right, and they may not they may not be totally aware of what their experience really is. So there are many cases where you ask a person what is going on, how they are feeling in their body, they're feeling okay. There's no pain anywhere. 
but then the, the the way they are presenting shows that there are issues that have to be dealt with. Mm. Let's talk about the key differences between Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. Dr. Karen? Oh, okay, so um, Alzheimer's, yeah, different kinds of dementias are, are kind of the, the issue lies in different areas of the brain. So you mentioned Wendy Williams has um, frontotemporal dementia, and that means that the frontal lobe of the brain, um, there are damaged brain cells in the frontal lobe. So that has to do with our personality changes mm. and, and issues with behavior might come out. Um, in terms of Alzheimer's, there's the death of what we call the nerve cells in specific areas of the brain. Um, and this specifically impacts people's memory, their speech, and their ability to make decisions. Um, and there's also another quite common form is vascular dementia. So there's a damage to the kind of blood supply to the brain. And so there's little strokes that can happen in various areas of the brain. And depending on where these strokes are, for example, if it's in the motor area, then their limbs might be affected. If it's in the speech areas of the brain, then their speech might be affected. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, another another quite... Um, Prevalent one is dementia with Lewy bodies, which is like, <laughs> it's so technical, like an abnormal form of kind of proteins in the nerve cells. So there's different dementias with different reasons for them and different uh, and slightly different symptoms that go with each of them. Mm. And Alzheimer's is, is the most well-known because it is the most prevalent one um, in terms of the dementias. It's actually a form of dementia. So often people don't realize that okay. they think dementia is different to Alzheimer's. Actually, dementia is that umbrella term, like you mentioned in the beginning, mm-hmm. and Alzheimer's mm-hmm. is one of, one of the forms of dementia. So when we talk about yeah. degenerative in nature, it means it, it kind of gets worse over time. Can it yeah. pop up and go away? Can the person, you know, on a day just wake up and kind of go, who are you? Where's this house? What's going on? And then it just kind of fades away and they're back to normal. Is that a sign that something bigger is on the horizon, Dr. Karen? It could be. I think when someone has a diagnosis of dementia, we often speak about they'll have days where they are quite lucid. They kind of remember their child's name or they remember what's going on and they feel like they know what day it is and what time it is and where they are. And then a few hours later or even the next day or the next week, they might completely have forgotten all mm-hmm. those things again. Mm-hmm. However, overall, there's still this degeneration. So they might have a few good days popping up here and there, but the decline is still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, again, there's no, there's no treatment for it. Uh, you know, you can treat the symptoms of dementia like... Uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of doctors will prescribe antipsychotic medication or calming medication to help with kind of their agitation. Um, but there's nothing to prevent the actual dementia. When you say, Dr. Karen, that this is mm. a pandemic, according to the World Health Organization, and Samu as well, um, I, I, I'm curious to know what societal changes and impacts are making it that more people have dementia or Alzheimer's now than ever before? Yeah, that's a very, very interesting question. I think it's a bit of a mix between more people know about this, Mm. 
um, and more people have an, in the world have an understanding about it. So I suppose the same question could be asked about people with ADHD or people who are on the spectrum, spectrum in terms of yeah. autism. Yeah. People, we, we kind of know a bit more about it. Mm. Um, so there's more awareness of it. That means that more people get the right diagnosis and get the right help. Um, obviously, this depends on the country, but globally, it seems like um, there's just more acknowledgement of it and more understanding of it. So um, it's not necessarily, so that's, that's yeah, that we're more mm-hmm. stressed or the, um, oh. uh, what's the thing that people like to blame, the vaccines or, you know, <laughs> pesticides, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if, if modern life has done yeah. something to us physiologically. That's a very, very interesting point. I, I, I don't know if we could go so far as to say stress causes dementia. <laughs> But I do think the way that we are, you know, there's a lot of a, a work busy culture out yeah, there, um, yeah. a lot of stress. Uh, you know, you've got to earn an income, but you also have to have the best of everything. And, you know, being busy is like this new trend. I, yeah, I do think that must have a, a really big impact, impact mm-hmm. on our bodies. And if you think of maybe one of, you know, I was speaking about the one dementia um vascular dementia that's to do with blood supply. You know, if you're an inactive person and you're not exercising and having having a healthy lifestyle, then your kind of circulatory system might be impacted by that and therefore something could happen that could prevent that blood supply from getting to the brain. I mean, that's a via via. I mean, I wouldn't... Please don't quote me to say that that (laughs) causes it. It doesn't. But it could have an an impact. Um, There's no... You know, it is also, it has a bit of a genetic um, aspect to it, especially Alzheimer's. Um, So even if then you had the most wonderfully healthy lifestyle, you could, you could potentially be at risk for developing Alzheimer's if your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents also had it. So there you are. I think, I mean, as with anything, we should lead a healthy lifestyle and Mm. hopefully that will, you know, stave off some of the symptoms. So even if you did get um, dementia or were diagnosed with dementia in the future, um, you know, living a healthy lifestyle will, will help with some of the symptoms that you might you might see. But that would be a very interesting thing to go and read up on. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'll have to look up that. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if somewhere if you have anything you want to add. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's also another factor, a, a social mm. and evolutionary factor here. So, uh, overall, globally, our lifespan has increased. It has, yeah. it has extended, and and historically, people didn't live very long, right? So, our lifespan in South Africa, up until about thirty years ago, maybe even twenty years ago, especially during the HIV period, was about forty years. You know, that that was like old, right? So. Uh, globally, people are living longer, and because it is a degenerative condition, it, it to some extent it, it happens naturally. Degeneration happens naturally. Our bodies begin to break down after a certain age. So we peak around ra- about 40, 45, 50. Our bodies peak, and then it's downhill from there. Right, so the the question becomes. Thanks, Nzambo. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nzambo. <laughs> 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 
the question the question then becomes uh, you know uh, the pace at which the body degenerates and i think mm. some of the issues that you're raising around exercise and diet and lifestyle they all come in there as a means to kind of slow down yes. our aging process you know because aging is inevitable yes. uh, and and part yeah. of aging is that degeneration in in some spaces we always spoke about people that are experiencing that are living with dementia as because we didn't have the language we mm. didn't we didn't call it dementia we called it all sorts of names we called it old age mm. right and when when somebody couldn't remember when grandma couldn't remember mm. somebody's name right so we didn't have the language for it partly because mm. we didn't have as many grandmothers and and as many grandfathers yeah. right who lived up to 70 80 90 uh, and all those ages where this degeneration could really really show itself mm. Mm. what about illnesses that can trigger a sort of dementia uh, or even addictions. I mean, in the Wendy Williams case, they talk a lot about her addictions. She has videos in this documentary where she talks about her love of alcohol. Can can, can illnesses um, or even addictions in some will trigger early onset of dementia? Yes. So there are some explanations around illness, certain illnesses to be to be specific, you know, brain in, injuries. Uh, or brain damage due to substance use and 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 su- substance overuse okay. and abuse so there are uh, there are kinds of lifestyle related um, issues that could could cause particularly early early onset dementia uh, you know brain injury like i mentioned mm. uh, and also there's a theory that talks about our diet in general, uh, you know, because of uh, because of the, the nutritional level in our diet at the moment is very low. So the the brain and the nervous system is not getting sufficient nutrition, and because of that, sure. when you know, there's actually a, a negative development that happens in the brain because mm-hmm. of poor nutrition. So yes, some illnesses can mm-hmm. can cause. Uh, uh, in themselves, you, you, some illnesses can actually cause the nervous breakdown or the nervous system to break down. So, like if somebody's fighting cancer or those late stages of AIDS, A- exactly, that mm. can cause brain changes. Yes, that then are grouped under the umbrella of dementia. They may not immediately be grouped under the umbrella of dementia. There could be precipitating uh, conditions. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because they're very slow in in diagnosing dementia per se mm. until they have ruled out all the all the different possible causes of dementia. Because once you put somebody on a a particular a particular diagnosis, chances are that you've ruled out all the other possible causes of that diagnosis. So in terms of treatment, they're very, very particular, right? So if somebody's got, if somebody's got dementia as a result of uh, neurodegeneration due to advanced AIDS, for example, so that will be stated in the diagnosis, right? So Mm -hmm. in some people, there's, there's what they call, you know, 
unknown causes of, of yeah. dementia. So we, ca- we cannot trace what the causes might be. And Which in that, could be that genetic exactly. through line, etc. Right, exactly. Right, right. And because there's no single... There's no single cause of dementia. Uh, we, the, the, the research is still new and fresh, and we are still trying to find out what exactly might be the causes of dementia, especially when there are no explaining factors. Yeah. Dr. Karen, we're going to put you on hold. Uh, and some will hold that thought as we find out what's happening in the very latest Power Headlines. When we continue our conversation, we're talking about dementia, understanding what dementia is, I'd love to hear from you on your lived experience. Uh, perhaps you did have a parent or a grandparent. Perhaps you're sitting with the situation right now um, and, and, you know, you need a safe space to kind of talk about your experiences. Next, I'm curious to know about, you know, some of the therapies that Dr. Karen um, and some will offer. Um, and then also as caregivers, you know, what to expect when you're in that situation. Um, because I know it's not just forgetting. It can also be lashing out. It can be a whole host of experiences that as the caregiver, if you're not prepared, um, you know, it can, can really set you off as well. So let's continue this on our Health Wednesday on Power Lunch. After this, your Power Headlines. Urgent. Topical. Timely. Power 98.7. Getting you talking about what matters. You know, we're having conversations off the air about uh, scenarios that we found ourselves in, Dr. Karen, and I'm sure you have as well, uh, of, of being with a loved one who has any sort of degenerative illness um, where the brain is affected. And that's what we're talking about today, dementia. Um, you know, the brain changes of dementia uh, the symptoms and what happens uh, when somebody eventually gets to that point where they not only don't remember themselves or remember their circumstances or their children, but, you know, are, are, are a shadow of themselves. It's the only really way that I can think of it, where they're, they're there, but they're not mm. there. Um, mm. So talk to me on zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Dementia is often incorrectly referred to as senility or senile dementia. And some will explain that to me. Exactly. And that's what I was trying to to say earlier, because senility is almost like uh, what we expect of, of any, any older person, right? Those moments of forgetfulness, uh, those moments of disconnection. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of that in, in, in some dementias, right? But not everyone who's got those moments of forgetfulness, um, uh, that senility that we're referring to, has dementia. Okay. Right? So because dementia is a very specific diagnosis, right? It has to meet specific criteria. So, yeah, old people, um, uh, like like we mentioned earlier, are going to have those moments of of forgetfulness. It comes with age. It comes with the gift of age, right? So... Not all kinds of of forgetfulness, not not all kinds of what we refer to as senility is dementia. is dementia. Okay, yeah. okay. So the best thing is to seek help, seek a diagnosis, Doctor mm. Karen, from your from your um, from your doctor. Yes, yes, definitely. If you're if something that you're concerned about on behalf of a loved one, you've noticed that they're getting kind of more and more forgetful. And this can include people's names. It can include um, like how you use certain kind of everyday objects or they're forgetting the right word for an object. And you're 
concerned about it, I would definitely go seek a doctor's advice. Um, just to add to what Nsama was saying about yes. the symptoms there, um, there are also some additional symptoms. So it's not just, as he was saying, just general forgetfulness, because then I think everyone in the whole world has had a moment yes. of general forgetfulness. Mm, mm. <laughs> but um, there's other things like um, behaviors like delusions, anxiety, irritation, um, sleep changes, appetite changes, a lot of re- repetition in what they're talking about, repetitive speech. So there's a few of those symptoms that can also come about in addition to language difficulties or mm. memory right, towards the later stages. So that's also, if you haven't already sought a diagnosis, that's also some of the kind of what we call distressed behavior. So yeah. it's, a, it's almost like a symptom of them being in distress and sometimes they don't have the language to be able to say something's bugging them or they're uncomfortable so they just get irritated and that's when you were saying just now about Mm. there can sometimes be aggression or agitation those are two of the biggest symptoms in the later stages and then as carers like how do you how do you cope with that it can be very tricky yes um because in this documentary um uh, you know it, it, it and i just you know, it, it feels um, sad to keep talking about it, but they've released this thing, and I actually think it gives us so much insight into things that maybe people are experiencing but don't talk about, right? You don't come mm. to work and go, yo, yesterday my mom was, if your mom has dementia. You don't do that. But in mm. this documentary, she's shouting at her yeah. um, assistant, and she's very aggressive. The nail lady comes yeah. in to do her nails, and she says, I only want one coat. And then she puts on like a nail balm or whatever. She says, I hate this. Get out. And that yeah. and that's not how she ordinarily would be. And mm. so that's why mm. I always think about what caregivers should expect. Because invariably, yeah. you're the daughter of, you're the son of, you're the husband of. Suddenly, this person's so aggressive with you, ah, then I'm just going to yeah. leave or, or not come mm. see you. Mm. Mm. But it's yeah. a symptom of what's going on with the yeah. dementia. Yeah, doctor? Yeah. Yeah, especially because, as you said earlier, she has, uh, it's really, really, she's got yeah. frontal lobe dementia. So that's immediately you think that's where your personality sits, that's where your mm. inhibitions sit, and your kind of social etiquette mm. is worked on. Um, so. I can imagine that shouting with no real reason for mm-hmm. it, that's a bit of a social judgment call. We wouldn't normally do that in social situations. Mm-hmm. But because she's got this dementia, that's one of the things that we could probably expect. Mm-hmm. I think as, as a carer or someone, you know, if you're caring for someone that you love who has the diagnosis of dementia, one of the biggest things you can do is to understand dementia and to have an understanding of what you can expect. That immediately will help make things a little bit easier to handle. If you know that agitation and aggression is something that we are to expect from someone with dementia or that could come up in someone with dementia's behavior, then it just helps us to understand it a little bit better. But there are a few things that as as carers or caregivers that I think would be important. Support Mm -hmm. from a doctor, support from your extended family, making sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can take care of your loved one, you know, those kinds of aspects are also important to remember. Let's take some callers now on zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Mamiki, you're calling in from Lombardi. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Yes. Mamiki, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead, you're on the air. No, they're talking about dementia. Hey. And my mom is suffering from that and I think she is at that advantage stage. So it is true that they get agitated and, you know, one example that I can do on Monday, 
the lady that's taking care of her and was self-educating to her that she doesn't really need to take spray for the hair and close it throughout her body. But then she said to this lady, you know, you, you are just behind me at all times. I'm going to give you a slap. So this lady just took it, you know, easy and for granted. And she just said, she said she just uh, stood from the chair and gave her exactly that hot slap, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the doctor says, when it's advanced, you can leave her alone. Like with my sisters now, we have to have sessions that who stays on Friday, who stays on Sunday, yeah. because the lady comes only during the week. And it's, it's, it's really draining. And moreover, emotionally, when you look at the person who was this strong, you know, who was able to do all things, who would even wash twice a day, yeah. but now you have to let her know that you're going to take a bath. And for my three sisters, I'm the only one that can make her to take a bath. So mm. I know that mm. Saturday or Sunday, I need to be home and make her to have a bath. And yeah. And when when we, we sat with the family, my sister, it's now that we see that a lot of old people have been murdered and killed, moreover, in homelands and said they are, you know, practicing witchcraft. And now we see that exactly happening, that she'll be wearing layers and layers of clothes and they want to go outside and we will say they're traveling. And the other thing is that mm-hmm. it's like they go back their young ages. Mm-hmm. They think about mm-hmm. everything that used to happen when they were growing. Like my mom had this, you know, beautiful body shoot for the orange shorts and short skates. Now she cuts her clothes so as to fix that. Mm-hmm. And we are now making sure that you know your scissors, your razors, your knives, everything will hide it away. Mm-hmm. And as I say that it's like they choose one of the family member where they've got, you know, trust in. And like when I will be buying there, you know, your juice, you know, that after eating it, you would really throw it in the sink and the lady will say, but why are you doing that? And she will say to the lady that, you know, money, he bought it for me and it, it's mine. But honestly speaking, it's raining. Yeah. It takes you, you know, emotionally, psychologically. And, you know, you, 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 you can't get used to it when you look at her and say, this is it. And they're afraid as well to, to sleep. They don't want to sleep. Mm. They want to be always awake. And now we went to the doctor and they've given her some sleeping tablets. But last month they gave her and it was one dose at night, but it was not waiting for the gave her too. We are monitoring her to be having that. But during the game, and when we get there, you know, you even think the caregiver is lying mm. when she tells you that this person is so active during the day. But when we are with her, she, she is at ease, you know. And, yeah, and, you know, sharing with you now, because we can see the caregiver is no more in losers. And she's just, like, slowly telling us. And any given time, she can say next week, she's not coming. But you know what's painful is when we have to sit and say, I've got the last option of taking my mom to an old age. And it is, it is just <sighs> something that you really don't want to think about. But you are forced by the situation that you end up taking a parent to an old age home because there's no one to undertake to stay with mm. her. You lock the gates, you lock the and it's like she's in jail, you know. 
it's it's just something else. I, I wouldn't want to wish anybody to go through that. I wouldn't want. I want to see women once Yeah. Oh, my Mickey. My heart bleeds for you, my Mickey. And thank you for your vulnerability and sharing your story. How are you taking care of yourself? I'm getting support from the other family members and talking about this within a church. And even as this does talking about it with our kids mm. as well. And, mm. and that's it. We just need the, the full family support and understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mamiki, thank you very much for phoning. Strength to you. Strength to you and to your mom. Nzama? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 Mamiki has given us an example of, uh, of on one hand, the bravery, right? Mm. Um, uh, her own brevity and the brevity of her own family in 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 taking uh, taking the decision to look after her, her mother mm. uh, given all the challenges and circumstances and 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 yeah it is very very difficult you know it is very difficult to see somebody that you knew in a certain way yeah. and especially when it is your parent yeah. like she mentioned this is a person that raised you. Yeah. You saw them at at their peak, yeah. right? You and there's no child who sees their parent as some weakling or whatever. We idolize our we, parents. Yeah, we yeah. idolize our parents, yeah. and then and then suddenly or, or slowly you begin to see that they're they're losing they're yeah. losing themselves in that way. It is extremely painful, yes. and I think I think something to mention here is that. It's not just the loss of of memory, right? Uh, the, the the short term and long term memory. It's the loss of the person that you knew, yes. right? When somebody, when a parent begins to forget your name, yes. you also begin to ask yourself questions around who you are to them in that particular moment. Yeah. So it it can be quite disconcerting, mm. uh, and. And the, the the challenge is that you've got to live with this uh, with this diagnosis for a long time mm. because usually usually it mm. doesn't is if somebody's got malaria or if somebody's got some other kind of illness you, you kind of know they'll get better yeah. right in this particular case chances of them getting better are almost zero so you kind of just mm. you you know right from the beginning that you've got a long, a long haul in front of you yeah. that you have to be available. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting mm-hmm. to nurse somebody when you yourself having to navigate your own emotions and feelings. Mamiki sounded mm. drained, mm. tired, mm. emotionally, physically, and I'm yeah. sure even financially, right? Having to make mm. those trips to go home, to have a carer in the home, it, it's really extensive. Dr. Karen, I want to get to you, but I'd really like to hear Lesejo's story, sharing about Lesejo's dad. Hi, Lesejo. Hi. Hi, papi. Sorry, hi, papi. Sorry. Hi, it's all right, my darling. Welcome, welcome. Oh, gosh. I was I just listening to my Mickey story, mm. and it just drained me, mm. and... I'm sending her all the love and all the strength because for someone who also went through, still going through the same thing, mm-hmm. it's, but with her, she must just be appreciative of the fact that she still has her mother 
and she can still take care of her mom. Because with my story, or our story rather, with my siblings is that mm. there's no happy ending to it. My father got diagnosed with uh, dementia around 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And that's when he had an accident on his way home and he got bumped by a car. Mm. He wasn't that old. He was born in 1950. Mm. So around 2016, I'm sure he wasn't he was in his early sixties or something, yeah, if yeah. my math is nothing. Yeah, yeah. So um so on the sixteenth of September 2015, 2016, actually. Okay. Yeah. My father left home. Um he always he was always talking about his childhood memories with his late brothers. He'll always say, Yeah, Pito, I'm going to a funeral with Obuti Mang 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 and he left home to 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 date we still we still don't know what happened to him so it's been i don't know six seven years of going to mortuaries hospitals missing reports whatever you name it we've been there and every birthday every christmas every easter is a reminder that we don't know where he is Mm. And we had to assume that he's normal. Mm. And it's not an easy thing to do because you you don't have any closure. And yeah. the guys that are mm. investigating this case, I mean, if you don't go, they've they've we've even went to a to an extent of hiring an, a private investigator because there's no progress. They don't give you anything. And mm. my late brother, who died last year on the first of April. It took an, an emotional toll on him because mm. he started getting anxiety. Mm. He felt he mm. couldn't do anything to find his, his father. It just took a toll on him. And when we buried him, it was one of those things where we're writing the obituary and we like, we hope we find Papa. And one day you guys will be reunited. Oh. And it, it was just an emotional, mm. it's just, it, yeah, it's just one of those things that... We, we don't have closure. It, it, it's hard to move on yes. because we don't know what happened to him. Yes. So oh, if so your parent or anyone that mm. you know, please take care of them because mm. it's as simple as just stepping mm. out of the gate. Because my sister, who was the primary caregiver, she stepped out to take my kids to crash, which is just what, like in the same street. Yeah. and. But, and also dad. a very normal thing. It wasn't yes. negligent. She must not blame herself. No. And even you, because mm. they were your kids, not blame yourself at all. <sighs> you know, as I'm, as I'm speaking to you, uh, I don't know, should we do it off air or on air? Because of investigators, I know that our friends Cindy Kruger and Taz Singh, I don't know if you'd be open to a psychic to talk to them. Maybe you can find some closure in that way. Can I connect you I to mean, one of them? Please, I'm, I'm very it. much open okay. to anything. Okay, I'll connect you. I think maybe we connect Lissero to Taz, uh, Fano, if you can help us out. And, uh, uh, but strength also, to you. Thank you, Lissero. Yeah. Also, Pabi, for, for, the, for Ma, Mama Ki and Maniki. I'm wondering what kind of support they're getting at the moment. Mm. But yes. if, 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 if you need if you need a space to explore or to to just explore your emotions yes. and the complexities around that 
you can you can contact me and oh, we can we, we we can create some space for for those kinds of conversations. Okay. I think that that's really mm. powerful, really really powerful. Mm. Okay, there's a lot of things and very little time, okay? I want to quickly touch on the idea of treatment um which sounds like you're really just trying to make somebody comfortable and keep them safe because there isn't a mm. cure, right? So aspects like sleep medication, aspects like an old age home, um, and maybe some of the work that you do as well, Dr. Karen, as we wrap up our conversation, hearing Mamiki's story and hearing Lisekho's story as well. Yes, again, it's, it's very different to kind of speak about it and to actually hear people's yes. stories and yeah. experiences of this. is is very, um, like a reality check okay. as well. Okay. Um yeah, in terms of treatment, medication is really just there to help with help with symptoms. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people with dementia are often over-medicated mm. um, because they can get a little bit difficult sometimes, especially when they think they're they're in Cape Town, but actually they're in Joburg, and yeah. now they're trying to convince someone they need to take the train, mm. and, you know, and they get quite upset about that. Mm. Um, so there's, there's quite a lot of research around things that are really helpful, music, uh, is really, really helpful, especially music from when they were younger, singing songs. Um, I, I often say to people who are caring for someone, what was the person's favorite song? And if you're trying to get them to do something, like to stand up and walk to the bathroom or to stand up and go to sleep, sing that favorite song with them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of distracts them enough that they might come with you, kind of help them cooperate a little bit more um, with you. So music and music therapy are wonderful things um art any leisure activities going for walks um are also really really helpful massage um yeah anything that might stimulate them even if it's just doing simple art activities or drawing uh, reading to them is also a really lovely activity mm. um just making sure that they're getting out into nature is also wonderful mm. um and then in terms of yourself and i think the stories from um Maniki and Masejo, were case in point of the fact that as a carer, as a person caring and, and putting out all this effort and love, mm. you really need to make sure that there's space for you and space to take care of yourself, whether that's going, I don't know, reading your own book or speaking to a friend over a cup of coffee or asking the doctor for a support group number or, you know, contacting them some and, and seeing how he can support um in a maybe a more musical space even, you know, um, it's really, really important to do that and to keep in mind that the person is not trying to give you a hard time. Mm. They are, in fact, having symptoms of something that's out of their control. Mm. Um, but they are still in there, despite yeah. all these weird symptoms and, and the difficult behaviors. That person's identity is still in there somewhere. They are still that seamstress or the mailman or the lawyer or whoever they used to be they are still that person in there um yeah it's important to to help them remember it especially in the long-term memories which we know actually kind of stay intact those stories and reminiscing about the good old days that's that's such an interesting Mm. through line Mm. right um of what happened when I was a child and going back to connect those those stories it's very interesting and some of your final comments so what what we saw here or what we heard here are two examples of the psychosocial aspect of of of, of the diagnosis of dementia right and it is important for all of us to 
to extend our circles of care mm. right to to people that are individually or or family centered caring for a person who is living with dementia so we need to open up our spaces if you are a friend of somebody who is looking after somebody with dementia be aware mm. just be aware of the toll this can have on your friendship and also on your friend it's okay mm. every once in a while to check on them not just not just checking on them but also giving them spaces to breathe mm. it's okay for you if you want to go and take over caring even if it's for 2 hours so that your friend can have a break mm. you know so th- these are some some kind of psychosocial aspects to all of all of this it looks like it's a it's an experience for one person but it's not It's an experience for yeah. all of us that are connected with that person whether through friendship through work partnerships or or being members of a team. I wish we had more time because mm. you know they both were kind of mentioning how um one family member was able to get through to the person that they're caring for right mm. I mean you may have six siblings but only I will be able to get mama to eat, you know, aspects like mm. that. So I think that this is an ongoing conversation. I'm actually quite grateful mm. that um you know we've been able to now get this into more popular culture so we can demystify mm. a lot of this. Dr. Karen Stewart Rome, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. It's such a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And in Samumunga as always, what a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Fabi. Thank you to you our power person for going on this roller coaster ride with us. You know, I always talk about the things that are incredibly important are the things that are happening around us politically, uh, socially, but also the things that are happening behind closed doors, our relationships, our health, um, you know, the way that we care for those that we love. That's also so incredibly important as well as our mental health. So I hope this show has given you uh, something to think about, something to research and something to help you grow today. It's been a beautiful Wednesday with you. God willing, we're back together again tomorrow for the Thursday edition of Power Lunch. Thank you, Fano. Thank you, Oza. It's three o'clock. You've been listening to a Power ninety eight point seven podcast. For more podcasts, visit power nine eight seven dot co dot za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.